We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime. This is a live listeners draft as we draft against 11 of our Rotoviz Overtime listeners over at the FFPC in their Superflex Best. $35 entry tournament. Sean, we've done one of these last week. We're in this one this week. We've drawn the 109. We had the 111 last week. So two spots further. We're getting into round one here. So as we kick things off, the draft board goes as we would expect. We have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, then Russell Wilson. We have the 109, Sean, and to spoiler alert for the listeners we went kind of zero quarterback in the last draft we did go with Jalen Hurts here so we take Hurts we get our quarterback to start things off then it's Dak Prescott Christian McCaffrey we're starting to spin things around to get ready for that second round pick so we have one more quarterback Sean than we did in the previous draft at this point how are you feeling we should let things play out here I think the dream scenario probably for us we get Trey Lance do we try? Uh, I was just going to say that, and uh, he goes off the board. So I will share the draft board now. What is the what's the the hope here now as we move forward? Are we into the the non quarterback players at this point? I think so, and we have three superstars left here. Hopefully, one of them will fall to us, so we're not really pressed into making a different decision. Travis Kelsey also would be an option. That would be the fourth play at this juncture. We know that the tight end is even a little bit more valuable in the super flex position where there's essentially one less starting spot because that spot goes to the second quarterback. Colm, if we hadn't done a zero QB approach to this format the first time around, I think we would have been very tempted to do it here. I also have drafted with Blair and we went zero QB, drafted with Ben and we went zero QB. So we just kind of wanted to shake things up a little bit, actually take the quarterbacks in this one, see how that build fell out. We know that the Roster Construction Explorer, you can look that up on the site, the FFPC Roster Construction Explorer, tells us that taking a couple of QBs early, QB QB is a nice start. You know, Two QBs in the first four rounds is a nice start. We know that that is very, very effective. If you're not going to approach it that way, then you need to have a very specific type of path or at least a strategy that might work. And we were lucky enough last time to get Baker Mayfield very late. 
that was one of the reasons that we did that. He was still going to be available. We felt strongly that he was going to end up with either the Panthers or the Seahawks. That path is no longer there. He's going a lot earlier as a result of now having signed with the Panthers. And so we also have to react to changing situations. It's, it's a different overall context now. So we have to play it that way. So we go with Jalen Hurts early. He's someone who I think has the potential to finish as the overall QB1. He's not going to be the favorite for that. But to have that shot at the beginning of the draft, I think you have to take it with what we want to do here. Yeah, no, I agree. So we have one quarterback so far with the remaining picks after we've picked. It was Dak Prescott, Christian McCaffrey, Trey Lance, Tom Brady, Travis Kelsey, and now Cooper Cup has gone off the board. So it's a 60-second clock here. We are back on the clock. Cooper Cup would have been an interesting option there. But we do have the option of Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. Quarterbacks available are Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers. Sean, we've talked about this on a recent number of our podcasts that at that point we're probably moving to those elite players at their positions we've drafted a lot of jamar chase this year together not very much justin jefferson i'm willing to go in whatever direction you want to go here are we clearly going wide receiver or are we you know there's, there's running back options available too but i think it's got to be a wide receiver here <laughs> these are the these are the two best players that are left in the draft i think jamar chase is going to finish as the overall wide receiver one but i do have a lot of him would definitely be fine to do a little bit of a diversification we selected him in our last draft obviously we're unlikely to get a lot of the sort of stack options that we might in a non-superflex draft by going with either player i think especially if you're looking at some of the big tournaments non-superflex chase is easier to play because he has more compelling uh, week 16 week 17 types of outcomes in terms of how you can play some of the opponents back how you can play some of his teammates in this draft i think it's a little bit less of that element uh, it still factors in but when you can have a shot to get jefferson at that price i think that you want to take it he is the player who has a little bit higher adp he's being drafted as though he's going to get that cooper cup ish role this year with the vikings and it just wouldn't ever be appropriate to say that someone is more talented than Cooper Cup after what we saw last season. He put up one of those Antonio Brown peak types of years, one of the greatest fantasy seasons of all time. And yet it probably is the case that when you look at the overall trajectory of the two players' careers, that Justin Jefferson has broken out earlier. He scored more points earlier. He is just a freakishly elite talent. And if we were to look to 2022, as opposed to you know what happened last season, we might feel fairly comfortable projecting him to score in that same range, if not more points. It'll be interesting to see how he performs over the next sort of three, four years together. He and Jamar Chase definitely, I think, in that range where they should be drafted in dynasty at the same price levels as the elite quarterbacks. This is a fun two-player start. Yeah, no really really fun start we'll see how it starts to play out interesting sean to see if you know as progresses here i was kind of also thinking we we also have a lot of t higgins but there is the opportunity that we maybe go that direction with a justin jefferson t higgins build here if, if things play out first but really uh like getting jefferson in some spots I, I just haven't got as much of him this year as i i would like to have but we obviously aren't big Kirk Cousins fans, but we're we're massive Justin Jefferson fans, so we'll see how it plays out. But the range of outcomes for him to be the wide receiver one this year is definitely there. We've seen what he's done as a rookie, 
as a second year player and um you know if he takes another step forward this year i'm not gonna be all that surprised i do think you know feeling is aging out i think we're going to see him potentially have less of a role this year kj osborne's there but I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with justin jefferson and with the the changes in the coaching staff there we may you know coming over from the rams there's a possibility they start to try and get some of the the ways they were getting cooper cup open last year with the the rams available to jefferson so seeing how that plays out the draft after our pick is matthew stafford goes off the board then jamar chase then Derek carr stefan diggs mark andrews justin fields then we get kyle pitts we have talked about it a bit sean so i don't think we'll dive into it too much but how are you feeling like if you're on the clock and and well let's say after we get to stefan diggs maybe how are you feeling then if you're at the back end of that round is it clearly justin fields being the target or are you looking at some other options there so far we've only seen two running backs go off the board one of the cool things you can do with the tools as well is pull up the exposures and adp in the ffpc and specifically select the Superflex tournament so you can see how drafters have been playing it overall you can see how they've been playing it in any time frame that you want we're looking at a recent adp here the last couple of weeks we see Pitts going in the middle of the third round we see tua and justin fields going in the middle of the third round deandre swift selected right after them any of those players especially Pitts, fields and swift if they were to fall to us we would be ecstatic you look at the guys who are going uh, in that 9 10 11 range you're talking about lamb mixon lawrence wrapping back around you have debo and saquon i think that debo saquon lamb those types of players are going to be interesting as we approach our third round pick yeah so we're just at the back end of the second round now austin eckler goes off the board but sean you were mentioning the tools up on rotaviz.com but you know when you can go in I, I really love to go in and check that adp grid like you mentioned there and to be able to see exactly where players are currently going and if we base current adp versus what's happening in this particular draft you know pets has gone probably six picks ahead but fields has gone you know almost around ahead of adp now fields was somebody who i think both of us were probably hoping may have managed to slip its way back to us there again we've talked about the the value of the draft slot in this and, and where you're able to get some of the advantages I think it's very hard, even with those early spots, Sean, with the likes of Allen, Lamar Jackson, the, the Jackson field start that the team in three has is, is very, very uh, enticing there. And then they move into DeAndre Swift after that. But when we're looking, it's hard to really stack up two quarterbacks with the, the profile that you want to get in those opening two rounds. But now that we have one quarterback, when are we are we are we <laughs> back into not quite the zero QB build, but are, are we really going to start to to hold off here? Or is there anyone that could pique your interest in the third round? I think we're really starting to hope for those players, you know, that I met. You mentioned Lamb. You know, I mentioned Higgins, A.J. Brown. H Higgins and A.J. Brown tend to be available in that late fourth round. But in this room that we are drafting with, they are wrote of his overtime listeners. There's usually a little bit of a emphasis then on the wide receiver position so maybe those players will go a little bit earlier but when we're looking as outside of those guys i mentioned i think we're probably passing up on the quarterbacks that are going to be available is there any running backs that are of interest now that that swift has gone it'd be interesting to see just how far harris falls because 
you're in this room where he is going to go far below the 211, you would think. And at that point, we would have a fairly unique build for the tournament overall. We still expect his total EP numbers to be very, very high. And then if we're wrong about him, wrong about the talent, if he does start to break a few big runs, Colin, I think I even had uh, just a dream the other day where he broke off a couple of nice runs and I was thinking to myself, oh, I mean, he's he's getting he jumped going. around in ADP. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the other player here who goes at the 2-3 turn but is likely to last a lot longer or at least somewhat longer in our draft would be Kirk Cousins. And that's sort of the other interesting thing in terms of putting him with Jefferson. Now he does go at the 305, so he's not going to make it back to us. But now we're starting to move into that range where players like Derek Henry and Saquon Barkley would be interesting. Yeah, and so we're one pick away. We're waiting for that next selection. So waiting with a little bit of bated breath, but lots of options here, Sean, in the way that we could go. You touched on the possibility of the running backs sliding a little bit. So, so far we have five running backs off the board in this draft. That's not too far off what you would normally have. It's usually in the seven running back range. So that is really in you know two running backs with the eighth running back usually going off the board at our pick so harris does go off the board we're back on the clock you know you mentioned harris i i think i'm interested here and maybe letting the running backs fall a little bit longer because i think that in this room there's going to be a lot of running back values as we we move forward here is there a clear running back for you is it barkley or are we are we going to continue with some wide receivers here well, one of the things I was going to point out is that Henry is about a half round below. And this early, that's still a pretty big advantage. And then if we put him with Barkley, we would have those two guys along with the elite players at the top. Any interest there, or do you want to go with Higgins? Okay, I don't think we've ever drafted Derek Henry before together. So let's just do it. Let's just break break the internet completely, Sean. Let's take the, the big dog there in round three. Um, there is a chat ongoing. Myself and Sean aren't too active in it because obviously we're recording as we draft. But I'm sure that's going to raise some eyebrows as we draft Derrick Henry. Um, but I do think, Sean, looking at what we were talking about earlier, with the ADP, Derrick Henry is usually the running back six, usually goes around the 303. We're drafting at the 309. And early in the draft, a half around discount on, on Derrick Henry is, is interesting. And we're looking to build some unique lineups. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes. And you're talking about those unique lineups for the tournament in general. Obviously, we want to win this 12-team league, but we want to see where we can advance in the tournament. And if it's a case that he could be paired with the likes of a Saquon, and then we really start to hold off on the running back position and start drafting those wide receivers and tight ends and and a second quarterback, for example, I think we could be in a a quite a unique situation. Jamison Williams goes off the board to the team in the 10th slot Derek Henry Sean I do think that has to be the the first time that we've drafted Derek Henry together I don't know if I drafted a team last year with Derek Henry at all and that was looking very very troubling halfway through the season but um yeah Henry Henry at that point and a team where I think they're just going to continue to use him to the wheels completely fall off I think getting him as the I'm trying to work out here what we got him as the one two three four five still the sixth running back or seventh running back off the board sorry how do you feel about that do you have any remorse now that Saquon Barkley's gone off the board two picks later well I one of the things I was hoping was we'd be able to put them together here Eric out of the 11 slot starts with Christian McCaffrey Travis Kelsey Saquon Barkley that obviously a very compelling three-player start 
going to have to address the QB position at some point, but again, likely has a strategy for that as we did when we passed on the QBs early. You had mentioned, is there another QB that we would draft in this range? I think that the answer to that is no. And so even though we won't be getting Baker Mayfield in the uh, 12th or 13th, whatever it was, we're still looking at some of these guys late, right? Perhaps a Marcus Mariota. Uh, we like Jerry Goff, at least to an extent. We like Daniel Jones, at least to an extent. Those guys may still go fairly early, but you're looking now at some possibilities in the player that we drafted in the very last round of the most recent draft was Geno Smith. Colin, one of the things we could do here would be to split that a little bit with Drew Locke. I, Drew Locke's just not going to score hardly any points when he plays. And so that part of it isn't as compelling even in the super flex spot because you're going to have some other players who could potentially outscore him and go in there but one of the things that i was joking with ben about on stealing bananas is that if the seahawks are actually going to tank then i have more confidence that lock will be the qb because he gives them much less chance to win so, so if they're going for the first pick in next year's draft he actually could be out there and obviously because Geno smith is not any type of star they'll have plenty of cover it's not like you know they're going to be accused of tanking all season long i mean they've been <laughs> trying to build your luck up all offseason and so it wouldn't be a surprise if he starts there you know someone is going to play some snaps for the seahawks that's a potential route and then kind of mixing and matching Mariota and ritter that part i think becomes interesting now as we move into the fourth round here joe mixon has fallen below adp again i don't think that's a surprise because he's not someone that we tend to be on in rotoviz drafts he goes to eric as well who now has selected the three early rb so that'll be an interesting build to track and see how he moves from that into some other players trevor lawrence the top guy on the board he's someone we passed on in our previous draft Colin, what are you thinking here in terms of passing on him again i'm imagining it would be hard for you to select trevor lawrence when t higgins is still available yeah, but the other thing I just wanted to bring up here, and I know we've talked a little bit about stacking, and I know we've talked about Devontae Smith being a really strong value this season, but we would also have an option here to potentially go for A.J. Brown to pair with Jalen Hurts if we wanted to open things up early like that. Um, it would give us access to that potential stack. The other player who I'm very interested in, obviously, you said T. Higgins. My dream scenario is to get T. Higgins and a, uh, <laughs> A.J. Brown but we obviously took Derrick Henry. Have you a strong preference for one of them, or are you still going Higgins, who when we passed on Chase, that was also a, an open door for us, and it, it's fallen that way if we want to do it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's really the main reason, in addition to what we talked about, that you would go that route with Jefferson, is that you have another shot at a Bengals wide receiver who could be the overall wide receiver one, and that would probably require Jamar Chase to miss some time obviously we hope that doesn't happen but t higgins has massive upside potential not just for the season but for individual games you talk about week 17 he has that upside i don't know that aj brown has that upside as often we've seen him have massive games even during this stretch where yes he had the large target share but the titans didn't pass all that frequently he had the big game that really helped connor for example down the stretch of the fantasy playoffs last year when they had the comeback against the san francisco 49ers he may be in that mold with the eagles more often this year one of the things that we talked about on the recent stealing bananas episode about the pitfalls of projections was that every once in a while you miss on a team level with the projection 
And that can really, really change where these players are going. Now, one of the things people are talking about is that potentially these wide receivers with the mobile quarterbacks are being overdrafted. I guess I agree and disagree on that. If you look at the way that the overall teams are likely to project, it's difficult to figure out how A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith can score all the points that they need to meet ADP if the offense is similar and if Jalen Hurts is similar in terms of what his strengths and weaknesses are, then you bring Dallas Goddard into the equation. It becomes even more difficult. You have that same problem and maybe even in a more exaggerated fashion because the prices are even more expensive with the San Francisco 49ers. And yet from a contingency-based perspective, I don't have nearly as much problem with it because number one, we're talking about elite talents. And number two, injuries are going to factor in here. So you still have the potential for these guys to be massive, massive league winners. And the flip side of the fact that they're probably being overdrafted is that there are scenarios in which they're being underdrafted. And if you get a superstar who's being underdrafted, then that's how you win the whole thing. You end up with these teams that are almost unstoppable. Now, when you get to the <laughs> week 17 and you're in the finals of this particular tournament, for example, or if you're the finals of the FFPC normal best ball tournament, as we were you know, very lucky, very fortunate to be last year, then you're competing against other elite teams. And so it's not like you're going to have this massive advantage on them. But one of the reasons why you would select a Jalen Hurts early is that he has multiple paths to victory. He can win similarly to the way he did last year. He can improve as a passer. They could be much more pass heavy and you can draft him with or without his wide receivers. And that's not necessarily the case for a lot of the other quarterbacks. And when you, when you have that with or without option, then I really like the way it frees you up to get good values in your drafts. And so many of the situations where we see drafters emphasizing the stack, they're losing a lot of ADP value. That doesn't mean that that can't work. I mean, sometimes I have players who are ranked multiple rounds ahead of ADP. It wouldn't necessarily make sense if I feel that strongly about them. And, you know, obviously have evidence-based reasons to feel that strongly about them to, you know, really try and fiddle with that last little bit and also get those guys below ADP. But that's one thing that we've talked about this year right is that you do want to consider doing that at least to an extent it's one of the advantages of having more than one team that you do i mean there's just no way around it drafters who draft a lot are going to have the advantage of not feeling the pressure to reach for their guys so they get better values on their guys it was interesting and this is kind of beyond the scope of this particular draft but i've been doing the dynasty workshop as well over on rotaviz looking at the RV Triflex leagues that I did with Patrick Corain that I'm doing with Matt Jones, those teams very, very different. And yet, uh, even with differences in the draft spot that we got and very large differences in what we were able to do trading-wise and differences in players, they both have turned out to be elite teams because you're able to take the advantage or take the edge that popped up in that particular draft. In the draft with Pat, we got the stars and we were able to get some trades to allow us to get more stars in the draft with Matt. We got these incredible prices on 2022 rookies. And so the teams look very different, but they're both very powerful. That's what we're looking to do in these best ball drafts as well. Not necessarily force any kind of approach on it before the draft starts, but figure out as you're going dynamically, what allows you to have a great draft in this particular room. Yeah, and you mentioned with uh, Jalen Hurts there, you know, multiple paths to him having a successful season. What we're trying to do here is build these teams with multiple paths to success as a fantasy team. But there is a couple of quarterbacks this year. Hurts been one of them, Fields been one of them, Lamar Jackson been the other one that I think 
they can have a successful season without their pass catchers having a successful season based on the rushing work I expect them to have on the ground. So yeah, interesting. We had the opportunity for AJ Brown. He does go a couple of picks later. So we have Mike Williams, Leonard Fournette, Darren Waller, George Kittle have gone off the board. Then it is Keenan Allen, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan paired up with Michael Pittman. And then we have uh, Travis Etienne, DJ Moore. So some so it'll be interesting to see as we go through this how those bills progress particularly the team in 111 as well because we had the 111 in the last draft and while we didn't go with three running backs in those first four picks they are trying to set up that roster that maybe gives them an edge in a different way we'll see how that plays out as the draft progresses but looking into some of the options sean that may be there for us when we're coming back now at this next selection uh, Jalen Waddle still on the board. Mike Williams will should still be there. Interesting the DJ Brian or DJ Moore pick there. He goes at the 504. He had previously been going off the board in the mid sixth round as the wide receiver 17. So obviously with the Baker Mayfield news, a little bit of a bump there. I think obviously like for us, Sean, who had been drafting Baker Mayfield in some drafts very late, hoping that he got a trade. I think obviously it's great value for us from those previous Superflex drafts. But in the case of DJ Moore, who we are very, very big fans of, are you surprised at the kind of instant bump in ADP he has received, which in, in this case is kind of just over a round? Not surprised. And I do think that some bump is justified because I don't think that it was completely priced in as the Baker Mayfield move should have been priced in and wasn't because Mayfield was going to start somewhere. At the same time, Ben and I did cover that situation in a lot of detail and really felt like the the winner probably is Robbie Anderson those other guys are going early enough that it's it's going to be difficult for them to really hammer ADP either way we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, so no, I just think it's it's interesting. I, I, I think Mayfield is better than Darnold, but I, 
I'm interested to see how it actually plays out in, in real life. But we are back on the clock. Cortland Sutton goes off the board. Jameis Winston goes off the board. Daniel Jones did go off the board. I would have made a call for him. Zach Wilson is an option. Mac Jones is an option. Jalen Waddell is still there. Um, I think we could probably play it out and see what quarterbacks come back to us in the next round because we have Jared Goff as an option as well. Are you interested in Waddle here or is there somebody else that's a clear pick for you? Well, putting Brees Hall into the team would then give us a lot of flexibility and he gives us that high end upside. So we'd have two potential running back stars. He's a little bit of a discount to ADP. I think that he will continue to rise. We want to target players who are going to be more expensive later in the off season and then we can either select waddle or a qb next time around does that work for you with four seconds left so it's going to have to i love the way you played that one out strategically to there was no if you had left me with 15 seconds sean i was going to say that i think that we should go waddle there uh <laughs> but we, we you strategically played that well so hopefully waddle will get around to us i think uh, i got a, a dm earlier today about who my most drafted players is but i think as a combined unit sean since we did pass up on chase today i think the majority of our teams we have come away with Brees hall so far so we do have a lot of faith in him and um that would have been one of the reasons there that i probably would have differentiated and, and taken waddle but we'll see how it plays back based on the quarterbacks that i touched on there we talked in our previous drafts ryan Tannehill's not given us that much excitement but you mentioned the likes of marcus mariota who tends to be going in the eighth round but in this range we have Zach Wilson normally going as quarterback 22, then Mac Jones, then Ryan Tannehill, then Jared Goff, then Carson Wentz. And um, Goff usually goes in the mid-sixth round. So when we're looking at the options here of who could come to us in the sixth round, the other name I'll throw out, Sean, TJ Hawkinson usually goes in the sixth round here as well. Uh, Deontay Johnson, another name in there. But I think we do have an option here if we have if we have zach wilson and you've talked a little bit about mac jones on a few recent podcasts i think one of those could be interesting but if waddle's still there for me it's gonna be very hard to pass him up for the for one of the quarterbacks how are you feeling well one of the reasons that i probably was okay with going Brees hall is that i have an absolute ton of Jalen waddle and i think that that's going to play out nicely you know i've mentioned more than, more than 100 exposure that we no. have to brace hall <laughs> no <laughs> probably not more than 100 but i don't think that waddle has the same ability in terms of where he's locked in in the wide receiver pecking order to make the kind of jump that i still think that we're going to see with hall i wouldn't be surprised if hall is you know, a mid round two pick in non super flex by the time that we get to late August. Waddle is locked in to where he is, unless Tyreek Hill gets hurt or Waddle makes just some insane plays in the preseason, which those things are not impossible, right? But Hall is almost going to continue to rise regardless of what happens. We saw that last year with Javante Williams. Now he was starting from farther back and was rising, but you're going to get worse prices on Hall. I don't think that you're going to get different prices on Waddle. I also don't know that Waddle is as important in this particular format as he might be in some others. The other thing there is simply that because we have the two wide receivers early, 
and because quarterback is a potential option. I think that missing out on Waddle, which did happen, Waddle was drafted as the 5'11". That doesn't kill us because quarterback might be the position that we want to go to anyway. Now, it, in terms of the Waddle versus Hall, that's a situation where you know, maybe, again, you prefer Waddle and then come back with the quarterback. The other player that you mentioned here that I think is always compelling and definitely compelling in the FFPC would be TJ Hawkinson. We've talked some about how you can actually exploit the differences in ADP by taking him in other formats, even though he's such a good fit in this one, the price differences actually encourage you to take him in others. He's a late sixth round pick. He's not going to come back to us. That's a consideration, but we might continue to look for values. I don't know. I, I'm split here because Wilson, Tannehill, Goff, none of those guys really are deserving of a sixth round pick for me. And yet, if we don't select them here, we're going to start to get into a lot of trouble. And then as we continue to pass in later rounds, you get into this dynamic where in order to get good value, you have to press that. But if you push it and miss, then you could just destroy your entire team. Yeah, so the players that are available, we're back on the clock as Mac Jones goes off the board, then Cam Akers. We have the option to get uh, Hawkinson, who you mentioned. I would be here between Hawkinson and the quarterback. The quarterback that I'd be willing to take here would be Zach Wilson, who is a little bit after ADP. I'm happy to go either way. It's going to put us in a little bit of a bind, regardless which way we go. We either get the elite tight end or we skip on him. Um, but I do like the options that Zach Wilson has given us in some other drafts to pair him with some of the the, the Jets passing options. But it's a tricky one here, Sean. I'll, I'll let you pull the trigger since you decided that uh, Brees Hall was the pick in the last round. <laughs> <laughs> so because we selected Brees Hall... We do need to be aggressive. We're going to go ahead and select TJ Hawkinson. He gives us an edge that no other player will. And Colin, I'm interested to see partly one of the fun things about doing these listener league drafts. We get to interact with the listeners. That's number one. But then number two, we get to get a sense of where players might fall in unusual drafts. The players that we had here at QB are drafted in the sixth round. You would think to yourself, well, they're not going to come back to you at the 709 regardless but one of the things that we benefited from in the previous draft was that Zach Wilson fell far, far, far below ADP. We were able to take him at that point. I think also because we took him in that last draft, I was a little bit less interested in taking him here. Jared Goff probably would have been the pick for me if we had gone quarterback. Yeah, and we'll see how it plays out. There's a round and a half kind of to go before it'll get back to us, obviously. Uh, Zach Wilson went off the board shortly after. It was uh, Jerry Judy, then Zach Wilson. So I'm interested to see, though, Sean, I think there's a chance here that Goff will slide. He, he kind of tends to go uh, in terms of ADP. Jared Goff is kind of going mid-sixth round. So that's where we are right now. But between that and our next pick, it is the Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Davis, Mills kind of range there, the only quarterbacks that go between the sixth and the seventh round in general in this. So in this one, we have Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, I think the ideal situation now for us would be if he came back and also the fact that we have TJ Hawkinson, but the chances of him coming back are very slim. We did touch on it when we had Justin Jefferson as the pick over Chase, the hope then that T. Higgins would come back to us. That did work out. We have obviously talked now about uh, Jalen Hurts. We passed on A.J. Brown. The hope was that we might 
get Devontae Smith later in the draft, for example. So now we have Hawkins and the hope is that we'll see a little bit of a slide maybe for Jared Goff. But yeah, if we're into that real stage that Sean, we've, we find ourselves in quite a bit this offseason, whether it was the pre-draft drafts or the, the sophomore and rookie drafts. We have pl- rolled the dice a little bit in these super flex formats with the quarterback position and uh, Jared Goff goes off the board. So that part's not going to happen for us. But in terms of uh, Jalen Hurts, we do have that security blanket that we haven't had on a lot of those other occasions when we've when we have rolled that dice. So we will see Carson Wentz isn't somebody that I'm going to be taking on my rosters this year. I assume that you're in line step with that. That's a yes or no answer, which I think the answer is yes. <laughs> we're we're still depending on Sam Howell there. Yeah, and then uh, Davis Mills is somebody who, again, you talked about projections and trying to judge some of these offenses and what could happen and sometimes we are wrong is there any chance that we see some value for him more than the quarterbacks 27 that he's already going at in in these super flex formats that can be a yes or no answer also if you want (laughs) yeah i mean there's always that possibility he played well enough to earn himself another chance they're obviously in a good situation here where if he plays well they have their quarterback if he plays poorly the team is bad and so they're going to be in that situation where they're going to get one of these elite guys they at least have an approach that is internally consistent that makes some sense that could allow them to be good in the future the texans are so many years away from being competitive and probably a new coaching staff a new front office if the front office that is not going to be there anymore by the time that they do get things going is able to do a few things like this for them get them an elite quarterback get them a chance to evaluate qbs that's been one of the strange things about what happened this past offseason is the teams who are not competitive who need to put themselves in that 2023 mix opted to choose veteran bridge qbs who all it can do is put you in the middle of the pack you can't evaluate young players there's just no benefit to what they did houston even though it's more demoralizing for the fans but in part because just overall the team is so weak not just the quarterback position but at least that makes sense at least they have a path into the future if he breaks out that'll be great i mean he doesn't have a lot of weapons around him so it'll be difficult he's gonna have to be much better than people think so since that last pick that i mentioned jk dobbins ryan Tannehill, gabriel davis marquise brown Dallas Goddard, now Darnell Mooney have gone off the board. Sean, sometimes the ADP will kind of go out the window a little bit with these Rotoviz overtime leagues because a lot of the strategies we imply get moved into this league. You mentioned it being kind of unique just a moment ago. But in this one, it's not all that different, you know, give or take from what we would normally see in terms of ADP. So um, playing it quite well for us so far. Now, we do have two running backs, so I think unless something happens perfectly for us at the the quarterback position i think we'll be continuing to move on so i i think we're starting to to look to see if we can stack up some wide receivers at this point in terms of at the moment we are in round seven in round seven around our picks this is the range where when we're in standard leagues i feel it goes a little bit flat for us so there's you know dk metcalf branton cooks alan robinson jerry judy rashad bateman are the wide receivers you know juju smith schuster could creep in there as well so looking through how this draft is going so far as dk metcalf and rashad Bittman go off the board both of those in this range would be my preferred targets. so we miss out on those 
So I mentioned that the ADP sometimes goes out the window. They may have pushed us into a little bit of a flat zone here in terms of what we're trying to look for as our pick progresses. Zach Ertz, next player off the board. So we are two picks away, Sean. Alan Robinson, the other player that went off the board there. Jerry Judy, for me, probably the standout of these wide receivers. Anyone else that's of interest? Bateman really was the one that I was I was hoping would have lasted true to us here. Yeah, Bateman has an ADP in the early eighth round, so he does go a little bit early. Our top guys on the board are Juju and Amon Ra St. Brown. St. Brown, an interesting faller after he was so good at the end of last season and considering that Jamison Williams is unlikely to have a big impact early on in the season, there's a window for him to really establish himself. Now, we do have TJ Hawkinson, and so that's a consideration in terms of how it will play out in week 17, if both of those guys blow up, it's obviously going to drag uh, Jared Goff up as well, a player we don't have on our roster. But Colm, as you look through here, there's no value at the running back position. We don't really like the wide receivers. We have our tight end. It does look like it's these guys at receiver. Chris Godwin in there, not expected to make a big impact early on. Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, not players we're targeting. Elijah Moore, the other guy here. Or we could just start out with the rookies. It's never a bad time when the clear-cut players are off the board to take Drake London. And I think this is a good situation also to take Devontae Smith. Yeah, I think we go to Smith. I think that is the... like we can, We have an opportunity to let him come to that next pick. But at this particular point in time, it has got a little bit flat. He likely would normally be the player you'd be taking in the, the next round. But I think that because it went as flat as it did there on us, I think that was the, the right pivot. Hopefully one of of those other wide receivers like Juju or Amon Rasim Brown will make it back to us they usually do go in the eighth round and I did misspeak there for people listening and Jerry Judy had actually gone quite a bit above ADP he went after that TJ Hawkinson pick in the last round so um, I think pivoting there Sean was the right way to do but we are ahead of ADP there by you know a round and a half to two rounds and maybe uh, when I mention things not getting skewed too much maybe because of the the super flex element it allowed things to to play out there kind of as normal as possible i guess but wide receivers starting to really become a premium as juju smith schuster does go off the board on that next pick so we do have a stack though sean we have hertz and Devonte smith obviously for the eagles the eagles play the saints in week 17 so we'll try and see how things play out but we did reach on him how do you feel about that reach on to, to pair him up with jalen hertz um I think too, like we, we talked to one of our recent shows was about reaching for certain players that are the right profile. And why do we talk about reaching here by actual wide receiver rank? We haven't actually reached that much. It's basically that we've kind of bypassed some of the, the running back options. The other options in the queue at this point were Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery, Carson Wentz, Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, Elijah Mitchell, uh, AJ Dillon, Marcus Mariota, Davis Mills. So, a lot of the options there we weren't going to be drafting anyway so uh, how do you feel though do you, would you count that as a reach well i mean it's obviously a reach by adp but it's not one of those reaches that you necessarily are concerned about he's not a player who is going to come back around to us at the end of round nine now we're still in round seven 
but that also frees us up. We were in, as you mentioned, a little bit more of a flat area. Now, if Amon Ra, Elijah Moore, and Drake London all go in these next four picks and none of the three of them get back to us, then it will have been a pretty significant mistake because then there's another teardrop after them. You wouldn't have wanted to put yourself in the position to miss out on that tier break. But for the exact reasons that you mentioned, this draft is playing out how we would expect where the OT listeners are pretty sophisticated best ball drafters. They're going to understand the slight differences in this format and why that changes the early running back versus wide receiver selection. Uh, I say slightly, but, but meaningfully. And yet once we get into this range where now you're staring dead zone running backs right in the face, it's a different dynamic in terms of where the red zone actually is when you're talking about super flex. But once you're into it, you're not going to see OT listeners load up on those backs so now we're in a situation where it flips and it's going to be a huge run at wide receiver you're still going to want to put yourself in a position where a wide receiver fills your single flex spot that's still available i think that over the next three rounds this is going to be almost all yellow we're going to see wide receivers fly off the board yeah i think we are i think you're well and truly right there and that's why sometimes not we'll go back to the Brees hall pick again but sometimes in these leagues i think we're going to see those zero RB candidates come at a, a nice price a little bit later, but um, maybe we'll pass up on some of them. We'll see how it plays out. So, Sean, we have Amon Ross and Brian go off the board, but that was also with Chris Godwin, the team we talked about in the 11th spot. They have now got Mac Jones, Davis Mills, and Carson Wentz. Not the most exciting quarterbacks, but they've got themselves three quarterbacks to pair up with what they did at the start of the draft. One pick away for us, and we do have Elijah Moore and Drake London as options. You also have Brandon Ayuk in the queue. I think at this point, for me, Elijah Moore would be would be my preferred option. That's basically, we've talked about this a little bit, and the advantage of drafting in volume is you can differentiate in some of these. We've we've drafted Drake London a lot, well, well I have personally, um, and I have drafted Garrett Wilson quite a lot as well. So I think it's a chance maybe to get Elijah Moore how are you feeling here in a, a 1v1 scenario? Are you, you know, go as, as more your pick here? As he goes off the board, so that now becomes null and void. <laughs> I was going to say I might still prefer Drake London. Nice save. Nice save. In, in part because I just, I guess that, I don't know, I hope Zach Wilson pans out. I have him in a variety of Superflex dynasty leagues. And I have a lot of Elijah Moore, a lot of Garrett Wilson. If he plays poorly, it's going to be uh, going to be some pretty disastrous sort of carry on effects from that. But I do think that Drake London is going to get better QB play. And as a result, I think that his ceiling ends up just being so, so high. He also has some fun matchups down the stretch of the seats and they could be in a week 17 shootout with the Arizona Cardinals. I can imagine him going off at that point in the year for, you know, a 200 yard three touchdown game. And and that's going to seem kind of silly, but we saw that type of performance from Jamar chase at the crucial juncture last year, Drake London, probably not the same level of talent, but we know from the freak score results over multiple years that these size athlete types of receivers are, priority threats in the red zone is going to be difficult for teams to account for both london and Pitts. i think that the falcons are actually being undersold a little bit i think you're getting good prices on them that also brings into play here potential for us to select marcus mariota or to select 
Desmond Ritter late. And that element, since we're going to be stuck a little bit at QB and not stuck. I mean, this is something that we've planned for, but I like to have that flexibility to target one of those two QBs late. Yes, we'll see. And we'll we'll maybe talk about this when we are in that range where we might be drafting a quarterback. We have been taking those shots, Sean, and drafting Baker Mayfield. That has worked out for us as he has been traded. Jimmy Garoppolo has not yet been traded, and and he might be going in that range, so maybe a little bit of a, a backup option for us. But that is going to round up today's episode as we run through the first eight rounds of the draft. So far, we have Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Derek Henry, T. Higgins, Brees Hall, TJ Hawkinson, Devontae Smith, and Drake London. So we're we're kind of moving along quite nicely here, although in Superflex formats, our QBs will, will need to be filtered out, as I kind of hinted at there a moment ago. If you are playing over at the FFPC like us, fantastic, fantastic format, tight end premium, lots of great tournaments over there, including this here, which is the $35 Superflex Best Ball Tournament. They also have the $125 tournament also, we will be coming back to you for part two of this particular draft against the Rotoviz Overtime listeners. We'll be going through those late rounds. Tune in to find out what we do at quarterback, how we fill this draft out, and then we'll be back after that to recap how the whole thing played out. So that will be coming out very shortly. If you're listening to this on Monday, that will actually be coming out on Tuesday. You don't have to wait too long. So until we're back with another episode of Road of His Overtime, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to Martin. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out all of Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. And until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>